welcome to another conversations with kath episode today i am so excited to be introducing lydia to all of you um as you may or may not know if you follow me on socials i am joining nike for the nike melbourne marathon this year and i'm kind of getting my running groove back um if you didn't know already Nike are doing the Melbourne Marathon this year, which has been rescheduled to the 11th and 12th of December because of COVID. Um, It caters to all running um, levels. There's a 5K, there's a 10K, there's a half marathon and a full marathon. I was originally going to do the 10K, but when it got pushed, I've decided to challenge myself and do a half marathon. I have done half marathons before, but not for a while. Um, In the past 12 months, I've definitely kind of... um, not been running as much as I was. I got really injured at the beginning of the first lockdown and that has been a slow process to actually be able to run again. And now I'm in that really weird period where I'm kind of like scared again or scared to build my running fitness back. Um, Me and Lids actually talk about this in the episodes and she gives some really wise advice on that as someone who actually went through that herself. So whether you're a beginner runner or you're in the same boat as me, this episode is going to help you. If you haven't, I would definitely recommend signing up for the Melbourne Marathon. Um, If not, and you just want to get back into running and one day want to do a race or want to do a local race of your own, this episode is going to help you so much, especially for my uterus havers out there. We talk a lot about periods in running and all the things. It's yeah, Lydia is incredible. So before we dive into today's interview and before I introduce Lydia, I'm just going to quickly explain my own um, running journey to all of you and how I got into running and why I run and what motivates me to run. So I was 110 bazillion percent not a runner growing up. Like I can't stress that enough. I grew up a dancer um, and that was my only sport. Uh, Outside of dancing, I guess I was an athlete in my own right because I danced quite a bit and took it very seriously. But outside of that, I was not what you would call sporty. In school, I was that kid that always pretended um, to forget their uniform. I hated athletics carnivals. I was an I was actually an okay swimmer. I will I will put that down on my resume. I was a good swimmer, but I didn't like sport. I didn't wasn't athletic in that sense at all. I yeah PE not my favorite subject. All the things not a vibe for me. I even remember we used to have to go on these, like we had these like recreational um, every second Wednesday at the first high school I went to, they'd like make you do a sport. And ours was just like a walk around the Bay run, which is actually like near my family home. Um, And me and my friends would be like so far behind just on a walk and would have to like run up to the group because we were like walking that slow. So yeah, it wasn't even a good walker. Um, Then when I was around 16, 17, I had planned to go to full time um, for dancing and I really wanted to start to build up my fitness before I did that. So I got into the gym and exercising regularly and all that, you know, sort of thing. And I was always intrigued by running. Just like I remember going to the gym where I'd do the bay walk, which was like this 7 km loop near my house at the time. Um, And I would always like I really liked the idea of running. I was like, it just looks really like free and easy and I don't know I was like I want to be able to run but I couldn't like in my head I was like I really can't like I can't run you know and I think a lot of people experience that when you've never run before you're like yeah I can't do that and this one day I was 
I was walking the bay and I just started doing the old like stop start running sitch. So I would just like run to a point, walk for a bit, run, walk, run, walk. I did that for like a few weeks. And then I remember this one day, just like randomly, I was doing that in my head. Like I was like, I'm just going to run to here and then I'll, um, you know, stop, walk, all that thing. And I started and I just like kept extending the point to when I was going to stop. And then it, I had ended up running half of this like bay loop. And at the time, and even now, I was just like, I am an athlete. Like what just happened? I just ran half of the bay run who am I who are they I'm incredible and I was really chuffed with myself and I was like hell yeah I can run um so then I just I don't know what what came over me but I would in my like scheduling of my exercise at the time I would always run or walk or run walk on a Sunday it was like my Sunday run day was like what I had in my head every week so I said to myself okay next Sunday next Sunday run day I'm gonna run the whole thing I don't care how slow I am how you know awful it feels I'm just going to commit to that next Sunday I'm running the whole bay and I'm not kidding I was like nervous like that whole week it's so weird like I'd given myself this like assignment and I'm the kind of person when I set a goal or when I like especially with fitness I like don't back out like I I can't almost so I was like nope I'm doing this I'm doing this and I even remember the night before the Saturday night I was like oh my god I'm so nervous I'm gonna run the bay tomorrow anyways went did it did the whole seven Ks. Um, I was like, who am I? And then ever since then, I honestly got the running bug. I just kind of fell in love with running. It was definitely something I took not seriously at all. I would like, like I said, I'd run every Sunday. Sometimes at the gym, I might incorporate runs into my workout, but like not really outside of my Sunday run. And then it wasn't until I was 19 when I first ever worked with Nike and they put me on a running campaign. So I had to run. Um, We went over to the States and did this massive like event where we like ran 10Ks. It was the first time I'd ever like trained for something. It's the first time I ever like tracked my pace and even knew kind of about like running properly and the right shoes to wear and the best way to run and structuring a training program and building pace and like all these things was from that and that was the first kind of race in quotation marks even though it wasn't like a race is a race if you want it to be I call it a race just because it like has that energy to it but like it's you're running your own race you know what I mean but it was the first time I ever experienced that like crowd uh the first time I ever ran in at an event. That's what I'm trying to say. The first time I ran at an event. And it was also just with like my Nike team and they're like the greatest people ever. And Lids was there and it, it was just so fun. And I remember when I finished that, I just like had the bug and fell in love with running. Only like 12 months after that, I did my first half marathon and then I did another three and yeah. And up until unfortunately 12 months ago, um, I was training for a full marathon at the beginning of COVID um, and I sadly injured myself and haven't been able to run properly since. I've been given the all, the all clear for, you know, the past maybe like almost six months now. And I've just kind of got that thing where I'm a bit terrified of it again. Um, 
because I don't know, maybe it's a comparison with myself thing. It's just like running is also this thing when you first start it, you kind of hate it until you like hit this wall and then it becomes like euphoric. And I obviously have to wait a little bit to re-hit that wall and I'm just kind of like dreading the part in between. And yeah, so I'm really excited about Melbourne Half Marathon. It's also just such an incredible atmosphere to like, you know, the year that we have all had in Australia, especially Sydney and Melbourne, to just go out with like a bang and celebrate with heaps of people and do something fun for ourselves and like in a community and you know I'm just so excited and I feel like it's the perfect thing to train for and get my ass into gear and start running again and I feel so privileged to have Lydia as a coach um as you I'm about to properly introduce her but Lydia is a run coach and don't worry all of her details and all of her resources will be in the show notes so yeah you're definitely going to want to check them out if you're a new new to running or starting again or you're a beginner because she's helping me so much um, pick up this journey and structuring a training program for me so I can also stay injury free in this training process and enjoy it to its fullest capacity and fall in love with running again so yeah that's a little condensed version of my journey with running and yeah I'm going to introduce Lydia now and then we're going to get into this interview because it's got so much juice to it and I'm very excited So Lydia was born in New Zealand, but has now settled in Melbourne. She does ongoing work with Nike, um, Tempo Journal, as well as a number of community-based initiatives and programs, helping runners of all abilities achieve their goals. After having her own struggles with her body and her performance and how, you know, her menstrual cycle would make her performance change from week to week, uh, she was at a point in her career where she almost thought that she'd never be able to, you know, make it or get the most out of her running because of these things that felt out of her control. After stumbling across Dr. Stacy Sims' work, um, she learned and understood how our hormones actually do impact our training. But if harnessed the right way, we could actually use this knowledge and take a more holistic and thought out approach to training. This then led to the launch of Femi. Femi was created to help female athletes and uterus owning athletes get the best out of their training. You know, for so long, the approach to training methods has been purely catered towards men because of the studies we've done. And Femi is looking to kind of take all that out and help, you know, women and uterus owners get the most out of their training because we work very differently um, to men. And if, you know, the studies have have shown us that we can actually use our hormones to get the most out of our training but unfortunately there's not really public conversation about that because of things like misogyny really um and Lydia is just really big on this and has done so much incredible research and work she's also just like a crazy runner like can I just put that out there I if you follow her on Instagram you firstly should all the information will be in the show notes but like I just She's such an incredible athlete. Like, not only is she, is she like a brainiac, she's also just a ridiculous athlete. Anyways, I'm a little bit starstruck. So I'm going to get into this interview. I'm going to let it speak for itself. You don't want to hear me blab on. You want to hear Lid blab on. So I'm going to let that happen. And any questions, either hit up me or Lids. All the information mentioned in the show will be in the show notes. So enjoy that and enjoy this interview. Hi, Lids. Um, welcome to the podcast. I uh, hope you're doing well um, with this crazy, crazy time. And I'm sure you're running heaps because I obviously follow you on socials. And you're, it feels like you're always running. I'll never forget this one time. We, I was in Melbourne and I um, went to like the um, 
hunters in the morning and like you broke like a like you're like oh I just did like a PB and I was like cool and then I saw you later that day literally like running down the street with a backpack on I was like does she ever stop running like what? honestly it's good to be here it's <laughs> I, I do have a life outside of running <laughs> I feel Everyone thinks that I just run and that's all I do. But um, I do do other things. I eat and sleep and watch TV. <laughs> Amazing. We love to hear it. Yeah, no, no, I know you do. do. It was just like the funniest thing. I was just like, wow, okay. She really doesn't start running. Um, before we jump into like the nitty gritty juice of this episode, um, I just want to ask you some fun little get to know questions that I actually ask people like my friends in real life. And I just like love bringing it onto the podcast. Um, so I would love to know what is your favorite color song, movie and food? Well, these are actually really hard questions. They should be really simple, but I feel like all four of them probably change depending on how I'm feeling um, and what I'm being inspired by at the time. But um, I'll try and keep it basic. Favorite color would at the moment would be chocolate brown, but I also love peach. Like that's our femi color. And I just love that color and chocolate brown and that color together are just perfect. Um, Favorite movie. I think favorite movie of all time would probably have to be The Lion King. I don't know if that's because I've seen it and um, I've seen it and show it three times. <laughs> I'm obsessed. I'm oh just my obsessed God, with amazing. Yeah. So, so you thought you've seen it live as well? Yeah. Amazing. I saw it in, in New York and London and then it was in New Zealand and I would go again. Like it's incredible. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that you love musicals. I'm a musical fan. <laughs> Really? I don't know if I love music. Oh, maybe I do. I just love The Lion King. Okay. When, I, when the latest Lion King came out, I went to the cinema and I was standing up singing to all the songs. Uh, Amazing. Good favorite choice. song. Again, it changes all the time. I'm obsessed with the Kanye new, um, on the Kanye's new album. But I also, at the moment, really vibe Tones and I. I think um, her new album's amazing. I love um, Fall Parts, probably my favorite song. And then favorite food would have to be donuts um, and avocado. Oh, my God. Interesting combo, donuts and avocado. Yeah, I was like, mm, no, no, I know. <laughs> I mean, you could do like a like a savoury donut. That would be – that could be interesting. I've never seen it, but – I've never seen it either. I don't know why there's not. I actually just thought of that. Like, they have savoury muffins. Like, why don't we do savoury donuts? <laughs> yeah, it would actually be incredible. well I would love to know um how you got into running and kind of when you fell in love love with it you know was it something that started when you were younger or something that came later in life yeah I started running really young I found my love for running at a pretty young age I was about seven or eight where I started doing like little athletics and just going along to club nights and I was definitely one of those kids who just wanted to do everything so I was just over enthusiastic about everything which I think my sisters hated, <laughs> but I did every sport I really could when I was growing up. I danced a lot. So I did ballet for about 10 years. Oh, no way. And then that kind of, yeah, I think dancing really taught me like discipline and it also like made my bones and my muscles pretty strong as a young kid. And I think that's, that really helped when I started running. Um, so I, I wouldn't say I was like naturally gifted as a runner, but I think I built my body from such a young age to be quite strong to be able to withstand running. Um, and then I started like taking it a little bit more seriously through high school. I was like competitive, but I wasn't like 
you know, winning national titles. I was, I think my best national placing at cross country was maybe like 12th or 13th out of like, it's a massive field. So that that's still pretty good. But I mean, I look at the girls I race now and they were all national champs when they were quite young. Um, whereas I just probably took it a little less serious and just was there to have a good time. And my coach was really amazing. Like she instilled in me to like, just go out and enjoy running for what it can do for you rather than like to obsess with like trying to win at such a young age. I remember her saying like, no one remembers a young athlete. And at the time I was like, kind of like, oh, I just want to be like an amazing young, you know, teenage girl who was winning all these national champs. But I'm so thankful that she taught me that at such a young age, because it definitely like forced me to help hold myself back. And I don't know if I'd still be running if I'd run a lot more then. So it wasn't until I was probably like 19 where I, really started taking it a lot more seriously I think um, that's kind of what the right age that I feel as well as the right time for girls to really like start ramping up their caves and running a lot more and your body's like should be pretty well developed by then so you don't um, have to kind of go through all of those changes as well so yeah I've kind of from 19 to now just run and run and <laughs> had done a few other things but mostly just run <laughs> um, and I started running marathons when I was about 25 or 26 so yeah, I've probably run about six or seven marathons now. And that's um definitely what I love the most about running is that distance. And um, yeah, still going. <laughs> that's so wild. So what was the kind of like transition from, I guess, like dance to running? Like, did you kind of just decide like that was your thing? And then at 19, like, were you just like, I love this so much that I don't want to like give it up? Because I feel like a lot of people that are young athletes, not all of them, but especially you were saying like you remained like relaxed in it kind of like you know not drop off but like don't decide to stick with it um was it just that you was it just the love for it that kept you kind of like stuck on running compared yeah well it was I I was about 14 when I actually started um running more and not dancing as much so um I like I grew up until the age of 14 I grew up wanting to be a professional ballerina like that was my dream to dance for like the Royal Academy but when I started running and taking started taking running a little more seriously and got picked up by a coach I I think um I had to like almost choose between running and dancing because obviously the body types and like what ballet does for you 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 need to be flexible um strong but more like flexible whereas running you almost have to be more rigid than anything and so my flexibility kind of went out the window by um, starting running more <laughs> and dancing less. And so that did impact my, my ballet. And then I kind of got to a point where my ballet teacher at the time, like gave me an ultimatum. She kind of told me that I had to either quit running so I could keep dancing or I wasn't able to dance anymore. Um, and I think by her putting that in front of me made me just decide that I wanted to run because I just didn't want to have that option. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I definitely had a time in my life it was about 17 where I did stop running and I stopped running for about 18 months and it was definitely like a point in my life and I think a lot of teenage girls go through it where they kind of just like lose their path and they don't really I didn't really know who I was or what I wanted to do with my life and I I got quite lost in like the direction my life was going and um before that you know I'd been exposed to probably more the competitive side of running and I think that scared me quite a lot um and I'd like enjoyed running for the social aspect so much and the mental aspect I think when it got more competitive I stepped away for a little while um and at that point I kind of fell into 
you know, a not so healthy mental state. I was pretty lost, um, quite depressed, didn't know who I was or what I wanted to do. And I guess it was after about 18 months of being in that state where I really um, realized the power of sport and the power of running and how important that was for me to be able to um, feel like I had some direction and purpose in my life. So um, after 18 months off, I was pretty unfit. And then I decided I needed to start running again, not to be a competitive athlete at all. I just knew how good I felt when I was running and when I was doing sport and like being surrounded by like-minded girls and, you know, like girls who do sport are like pretty confident, they're pretty powerful and strong. And to me, that's kind of how I saw myself, but I'd lost all of that. Um, and so I knew that running was what I needed to do to kind of get back on the right path. And yeah, it took probably about six months um, to like just get back into the routine of running. And like, I was so unfit, it was hard, but I'm so glad I went through that because yeah. I think if I hadn't, and I hadn't like got to that point in my life where I'd completely lost my fitness and had to build back up I would find it hard to probably relate to a lot of the people that I coach, you know, whereas now I'm like, I've been there and I know how hard it is. And yes, running is hard. Like it's not easy, but it's a hundred percent worth it. You know, after six months of building your fitness up and feeling well, for me, feeling like me again, I was just like, I haven't looked back. Like I know that I'm on the right path and this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. That would be such an interesting experience. And I mean, hard at the time, but yes. Yeah, so, um, beneficial now given what you do um so before we sort of like kick off into you know everything you do and all the running juice I just want to know just on like a surface level what are the benefits of running and why should we get running I think like there's so many um like physical benefits of running and it's pretty obvious that you're going to get like it's, it's great for your body and like how um how strong you can feel and how fit and like how great that feels but for me the the mental health benefits outweigh everything I think mentally running is so good for you you know like it can be a form of meditation and it definitely is for me the way that you can just go out because running is such a repetitive motion you can fall into like a zen state or we call like a flow state quite easily and and I know that it takes time to get to a level of fitness to be able to fall into that. But once you can, like having running as a tool of meditation and something that we can use, and it's so accessible to anybody to just go out for a run, you know, and use it as a tool to make our minds and our mental state better. Um, it's so powerful. And I, I 100% like put running down to me coming out of states of depression and making, um, you know, choices that I think have led me to where I am now, you know, and uh, enabling me to feel confident in who I am. I think, especially as females, when we do things for ourselves, like move our bodies, um, we can gain confidence, you know, through that. And if you go out for a run in the morning or you go do yoga, whatever that might be for you, that form of movement, um, you gain that confidence. And if you can carry that confidence through the rest of your day, into any industry you're working in um I think it's a really powerful form of like trying to um uh, I don't know build, uh, break down those gender equality barriers right like I think if females like they definitely need more confidence and I think through movement through especially through running we can get that so there's so many benefits to running it's just for people who have never done it before don't really know and I think I call it like the secret I think once you're in on the secret of how powerful it can be you kind of never look back on that right it just it takes a bit of time to get there 
Totally. And I feel that like I'm at a stage at the moment, like the past few months have been quite rough for me mentally. And I know for me, a massive piece of the puzzle has been not having a regular running routine like I used to. And I know I'm at that stage, actually interesting what you were talking about in the question before of being so don't like feeling like it very daunting to have to kind of restart, um, like I have, you know, obviously I have base fitness, but my running kind of journey again, like just from having a bit of um, time off and like life things happening and all of that. But I know that when I have a regular running routine and like some of the best I've ever felt is when I was running like quite regularly and was like, you know, structuring and like all that sort of stuff. So I totally understand. And it is like a hard thing to like almost convince. And like, I'm trying to convince myself at the moment, like if you just stick with it, you get to this point where it's like pure bliss and it will like change your life. You just have to like be consistent until you like hit that. And then you're just like, you're in, you're addicted and it's incredible. Definitely. And I think that's why like having, you know, goals and having a set plan to keep you like motivated and on track is so important, right? So, you know, the Melbourne Marathon Nike journey that we're working towards, whether you're running the 5k or 10k or the half marathon, whatever distance that might be, I think having that plan in front of you and knowing like, all you have to do is get up and do that session that's on the plan, tick it off and work through that. It definitely gives you some purpose in the day, but it also over time that's what's going to get you fitter and faster right when you are doing the right things you're following a plan it gives you that direction and it just does make training a little bit easier um and I think having the end goal definitely gives you that motivation to want to keep going as well yeah no totally and I think is yeah and there's like a reward kind of at the end of it like I know I only really fully fell in love with running I actually like I was like an on and off sort of runner until started working with Nike like four years ago now, three years ago. And I was like, loved it. And I was like, yeah, it's good, whatever. And it honestly, for me, wasn't until I did my first race, um, which was a half marathon that I just like on a whim with Nike, I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. Why not? And it honestly, wasn't until that day that I like fully fell in love with running. So anyone out there like putting your name down for a race day, whether that be Melbourne Marathon, which is now, you know, coming up at the end of the year, um, it is a sure bet to get you into running. I promise you that because it did for me. Definitely. And like those, yeah, those events are just so amazing. Like the atmosphere, the people around you, especially because we haven't had the opportunity to do it for such a long time now. It's going to be such an incredible feeling pulling people together. And if it's your first experience in a race, like what a time to do it. I think everyone's going to be on such a high, you know, once that race is over and at the finish line. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. So you recently launched Femi, which is designed to help those who menstruate get the most out of their running. How do hormones affect us throughout our um, cycle? And should we be exercising on our periods? Which is a question that I get a lot that I don't know how to fully answer. So I'm very interested in this. <laughs> Yeah, so we launched Femi actually 12 months ago today. Today's our first birthday, so it's pretty exciting. Oh my God, um, happy birthday. We launched Femi. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> we launched Femi as an answer for those females or for people who do menstruate um, and don't understand how their hormones are affecting them and how um, we can actually benefit from those hormonal fluctuations that go on throughout the month. So I think a lot of us just don't understand the menstrual cycle well enough and it's not our fault. There's been such a lack of education um, around and research around um, female athletes and 
and not just female athletes, anyone that menstruates in any, and it doesn't even have, you don't even have to be an athlete. There's just such a lack of research, really. Um, I think it, it is because of the menstrual cycle um, and the outliers that the menstrual cycle can create in research studies is the reason why these studies haven't been done, which is so unfortunate. So because of the menstrual cycle and the hormonal fluctuations, it does create variabilities in um, sports science studies. So what the sports researchers have done is kind of just take out anyone that has a natural menstrual cycle um, and uh, do all the research on mostly on men, um, like um, high school to university age men, and then just take whatever they learn from the men and apply it to everyone else thinking that that's how we should be training and recovering and eating, which is, yeah, so unfortunate and um, frustrating. Like I definitely, when I found this out, was just at a point of frustration that we hadn't learned this earlier because you know, I'd gone through my own hormonal journey, my own hormonal issues, and I've been battling against my own body for so many years, all through my 20s and even my teenagers, teenage years. I hated my body. I didn't like the way it was performing. I didn't understand why I was like, um, why it was working the way it was. You know, there'd be times in my menstrual cycle or I wouldn't even know, like it was a time in my menstrual cycle, to be honest. I just wouldn't feel good. And then I'd be like, why don't I feel good? Um why aren't I fit and fast? I've lost all my fitness and I question my body and what my body can do. And it led me to a point where I just didn't love my body. And like, we all deserve to love our bodies, you know, like I think our bodies are such incredible tools um, and the way that our bodies allow us to move, which makes us feel better mentally as well. It's such a gift. So, so we should be able to embrace that, you know, but by not um, understanding how our bodies are working, we don't feel empowered in who we are. So we launched Femi as an answer to allow people with natural menstrual cycles to um, feel empowered within themselves. So what happens through the menstrual cycle? It isn't just your period. Like that's what we were led to believe. You just have, you know, whether it's five, six, seven days of your period and that's that. And and it's annoying and it's frustrating. And when you're on your period, you can't train and you just got to eat ice cream and sit on the couch. But like, it's it really doesn't go like that at all. So we actually have four phases of the menstrual cycle. The first phase is menstruation. And this is where our hormones are at their lowest. So I don't like to say this, but it is most when we are most like a man because our hormones are so low. So we can actually perform really well during that time. Obviously, it depends on your symptoms. If you're someone who does have quite severe symptoms and cramps and headaches and whatnot going on through that menstrual phase, you might not want to push yourself so hard. But if you feel okay, training at a high intensity and pushing heavier weights and getting the heart rate higher is actually easier during that time. Right. Then from the menstrual phase, we go into our follicular phase. Our hormones are also low, but this is kind of when our estrogen begins to rise. And then we go into ovulation when our estrogen is the highest um, and then drops off before we go into our luteal phase. But even through the follicular and through the ovulation phase, we can still train really hard. Our um, testosterone is higher here, so we can actually, again, train at higher intensities push heavier weights and get the heart rate high because we can actually recover faster during those three phases. And then we go into our luteal phase, which is usually from about, if we're speaking textbook menstrual cycle terms, which is your 28 day cycle, those three phases kind of go from day one, which is the first of your period all the way through to day 14. And then after ovulation, we go into the luteal phase where 
it hits at about day 15 and goes all the way through to day 28. And this is where our hormones begin to rise. So estrogen and progesterone are both rising. And this is where we're going to be not able to recover as well. Um, we're not going to be able to reach those higher intensities as easier. And uh, we can't metabolize carbohydrates as well either. So we can't really get the amount of energy we would during the first three phases. So during this phase, this is kind of where you want to pull back the intensities a little, little bit. Um, if we want to put it in running terms, this is where we'll probably focus a bit more on endurance versus speed. So we might get you to run a little bit longer, but just not um, as fast and pull back the intensity. So you're not pushing your body as hard and maybe focusing a bit more on rest and recovery than on just hitting it really quick. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like the four phases. I think that first one is the menstrual phase, which is a lot of people, like you said, and a lot of girls think, you know, I've got my period and I, I shouldn't train or I should just do some yoga and stretch it out. And, yeah. you know, at Femi, we're very much like, cool. We like me and our coaches, we just get so excited when we get our period because we're like, yes, we can like train really hard in the next week because we're going to feel really good and recover really well. So we get excited by it. And I think that's a big part of what we're trying to do is change that narrative. I think growing up as a girl, a lot of people have been like, you know, we've been fed this information that having a period is a really bad thing. And and yeah, um, so many negative connotations come along with your period. And we're trying to change that to be like, yes, I've got a period. That means I'm healthy. It means um, things are working properly. It means the training I'm doing versus the energy I'm bringing in, which is, you know, your fuel and your food is in balance. Um, and I'm in my prime to do it really well and perform really well. So um, we're just trying to change that narrative at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what would you say to someone that like, like, for example, because I've had that narrative as well, always too, like, even if I am doing um, a race back when they were happening more regularly, I would be so nervous that I was going to get my period. Um, And so like, what would you say to someone that because I know me personally, after my first day, like I'm pretty okay. Like I feel a bit tired or whatever. And it's probably like, again, like that mental thing that we put on ourselves, even though it's like, you've just said you've debunked it. Um, but on my first day, I am definitely like quite achy and like, you know, your usual period crappy symptoms. What would you say to people that experience that and then might have a sporting event or a race day or, you know, something or other that it's going to like exercise wise on the first day of their period? Would you have any advice for like? Yeah, I think like it, it is a hard one because we always say, you know, during that um, luteal phase when your hormones are climbing, we don't want to push the intensity so much, but you can't um, change race days or, you know, event days if you have something on one of those days. So what we try to do at Femi is understand each female and understand how they are, um, their symptoms are over time. So we track every cycle and every um, athlete that we have will tell us how they feel each day. And over time, you can kind of see um, a pattern and, you know, like maybe on day 27, I might know one athlete's going to potentially feel like this. And I think by understanding those patterns and how you're going to feel, you can try and mitigate them through things like taking supplements and um, focusing on a little bit more rest and recovery. So if you, for example, you know, you know, your day one isn't working for you and it's not usually a great day to train really hard. Um, maybe you're going to focus a lot more, more than you normally would on recovery leading into those days and then supplementing to make sure you even taking things like magnesium, zinc, that sort of stuff can really help mitigate some of those symptoms. So although it's not like 
optimum like it might not be the best day for you to perform there's definitely things you can have you know in your own control to make sure that you are feeling as good as you can on those days well I guess this kind of ties in um and it's very similar to everything you just explained but you talk a lot about um how we should try and structure our training programs around our menstrual cycle and I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit more on on this yeah so um I've done a couple of programs with the Nike Round Club um, around how we can actually train to our menstrual cycles. And we've actually done an audio guided run with an incredible physiologist called Dr. Stacey Sims, who is actually based in New Zealand. Um, she's American, but she is kind of one of the leading physiologists leading, taking charge of um, putting a lot more emphasis on working with athletes who have menstrual cycles and how we can adapt our training to those hormone fluctuations. So if you wanted to learn more, especially from her, she's just such an incredible expert in the space. I would hundred percent check out that audio guided run um, on Nike run club. So you can either do it as a 60 minute run and that's the entire interview, or you can break it up into two 30 minute runs, which feels a little bit more achievable. Um, but the way that we at Femi approach our um, programming with our, our athletes is those first two weeks is where we're going to be focusing a lot more on speed and high intensity stuff. So when we're scheduling um, speed sessions into the athletes program, we might be working more on like, K reps or 800 meter reps or fartlek sessions, which are fartlek is um, Swedish for speed play. If anyone doesn't know, it's a funny word, but it's alternating pace throughout a session. So you might run fast and then you might run slow and then fast again and then slow again. Um, and it's incredible at getting you quite get, getting you quite fit quite fast. Fartlek's amazing at that, um, but it is pushing the heart rate. So throughout those first two weeks, whenever we're programming a speed session, it will be a higher intensity speed session. Whereas when we're focusing on the back end of the cycle, so from days like 15 and onwards, if we're programming anything where we potentially would give her speed, it would be more around like tempo workouts. So I'm sure you've done some of the tempo workouts on the Nike Run Club app where you just go and run um, a specific speed for a certain amount of time, but you're not, you know, pushing it too hard. You won't be pushing 10K pace. So the the fastest you really go in a tempo would be around that half marathon sort of pace um, for someone who doesn't hasn't run before and might not know what their half marathon pace is that's probably about 65 percent of your max effort whereas 10k pace is probably more around that like 70 to 75 percent of your max effort um, but yeah so the back end we wouldn't be pushing anything really more than 65 percent in the program if you're someone who maybe doesn't run so much and does more like um, gym programs or you want to build more strength um, how we would program those sessions is if you're the first two weeks of your cycle doing more high intensity sessions or um, if you're using the Nike um, training club app it would be more of the like the endurance sessions built into the app whereas the back end of the cycle um, if you're trying to build strength you'd focus more on like mobility and strength sessions that are a little bit more uh, or less high intensity sort of stuff so it's it's um, an interesting space because you see a lot of girls and it's very um, well known that high intensity is definitely like the big thing or the craze and it has been for a while now right and it's amazing because high intensity sessions like 30 minute sessions you walk away feeling so good about yourself but there's a danger in overdoing those high intensity sessions especially as girls um, rest and recovery is just so important so it's more beneficial to do you know two high intensity sessions a week one of those might be a running session um, then doing a high intensity session every day so um, 
I mean, that's throughout the entire month. But if you want to train to your cycle, I would definitely suggest doing more of the high intensity stuff at the start of your cycle and then more of the um, like low intensity strength based stuff or mobility yoga workouts in the back end of your cycle. Yeah, that's amazing. And um, of course, if anyone out there is not using the Nike Run Club app or the training app, what are you doing? I've been addicted <laughs> to that app like ever since I got my hands on it. And I might have done that audio guided run and it is incredible. So um, definitely check that out. As a run coach, what are your most common injuries that you see? And what are the best ways recreational athletes can look after themselves to prevent injury? I know this is something that I ran into when I started running, no pun intended, when I was um, 17. So yeah, I really want to know. And I think this information is really important because I yeah stuffed myself up just by not being educated when I started recreationally running. Yeah, and that's probably the issue. A lot of people just aren't educated and they, they find they're running, um, you know, bars and they get excited and then they end up just probably doing too much. So in terms of injuries, like I probably wouldn't specifically talk about any like one injury, um, but I think injuries come from running because it is such a repetitive movement, you know, and the load that is going, the force that is going through our legs, every step that we take is a lot I think it's like three times our body weight's going through our leg each time you take a step so it's um really important that you ease into your training I think a lot of people just get injured because of overuse um and it's all about trying to make sure your body becomes more conditioned to the load as you increase it so um yeah it's really important that you are pushing yourself too hard too early um, gradually increasing your load as you go because by getting more conditioned you're also building your strength as well and you know if we can build our strength it's going to take the pressure off your bones and your joints and generally that's where we see the most running injuries is in, um, in, in your joints and um, in your bones and I think when we talk about bone injuries such as like stress fractures that's also very much related to your menstrual cycle and for a lot of girls who um, have gone through periods of potential amenorrhea, which is the loss of a period, um, which comes from underfueling, whether you're doing that on purpose or not, um, you are at a higher risk of um, bone stress injuries because um, your bones um, rely on estrogen to get healthy and strong. And if you aren't getting those hormonal fluctuations throughout the month, um, because your energy state is closing down, um, which we can talk a little bit more about what's called relative energy deficiency syndrome, um, which used to be known as the female athlete triad, um, which comes from when you aren't fueling your body enough and your body's under a lot of stress, whether that's mental stress or training stress, or any, it could be any stress that's on your body. If you're not fueling yourself properly, um, as as people who have menstrual cycles, the first thing that is going to close down or shut down inside your body will be your menstrual cycle because your body can survive without a menstrual cycle. If you're under fueling it, um, it will be like, well, we need to survive. What's the first thing that we can shut down that's taking our energy? All right, we'll get rid of the menstrual cycle and we'll try and look after every other function in the body. So the menstrual cycle is... Um, it's an amazing tool. Like I was saying earlier, it's an amazing, amazing tool for us to use to know whether we're healthy or not. Um, and if we're not getting a menstrual cycle, which is called becoming amenorrhea or having amenorrhea, um, it's a sign that potentially you're not fueling yourself properly. And then, so if you're not getting your menstrual cycle, you're not getting those hormonal fluctuations. 
you're not getting the estrogen, which is helping you build strong bones, which then can lead to stress fractures or stress injuries, which unfortunately is quite common amongst runners. Um, but it does come from that overloading and overuse of, you know, our, our body and our bones. So building strength through strength training is just so important to be able to protect our bones. So if you are someone who has run before, or if you are a beginner runner, I mean, I believe every runner, no matter what level you're at, should be doing strength training. And there's some really cool specific um, running strength sessions on the Nike Training Club app. So I think there's some that are like seven minutes, like they're, they're you yeah. know, nice and short. You can do them as there's a warm up one, there's a cool down one, mm-hmm. and then there's specific strength sessions. So I would 100% check those out. Like I do those at home as well. And, you know, even with all the running I do, I find that to be enough to keep me like ticking over. Yeah. Yeah, no, I same. Actually, wasn't until I started getting into strength training, which was actually through the Nike running app. Um, oddly enough, was it was when my running got so much better and I stopped getting injured. And it's so interesting that you talk about that because that was exactly what happened to me. Like when I got into training in general, um, a lot of cardio, a lot of running. When I was seventeen, I was a hundred percent under fueling, and I think again it was because I was um uneducated on how you know, I started exercising that thinking about everything else around it um, and ran into a lot of problems, but a lot of it came from just being not educated. So I think, yeah, knowing that is so, so important. And again, like I can vouch for the fact that strength training not only made everything else more interesting because I genuinely like love lifting weights now, but it made, yeah, my running just so much better in in so many realms. So yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Very exciting. We are both working with Nike um, on the Melbourne Marathon, which is now happening on the 11th and the 12th of December. If you haven't signed up, what are you doing? Um, (laughs) What would you say to new runners that want to give something like the Melbourne Marathon a go, but don't know where to start? Yeah, I think um, beginner runners, it's a, it's an exciting time. Like I said, this is such an exciting time to sign up to your first race. And, you know, whether that's the 5k or the 10k, I would suggest if you haven't run before to do the 5k and try to set no expectations and put no pressure on yourself. I think what happens to a lot of people when they get into running, they do have quite expectations and they have this idea that they need to run a specific pace for a specific distance as soon as they start. Um, but running does take time. And I think you need to give running the time that it deserves because well, if you do and you do it really gradually and you build up in a really safe way, it becomes so sustainable and something that you can do for the rest of your life. So I think being patient and setting no expectations is really important. Um, having that goal will be amazing it would definitely get you through it so knowing that there is that race day whether it's the 11th or the 12th of December depending on your distance is definitely one way to stay motivated so downloading the Nike Run Club plan that I was I have written myself so um, I'll be able to be there with you guys every step of the way and just make sure that you are um, following that plan and making sure that you're able to tick through those sessions because I think when you have a plan that does build you up a, it's smart. It's a really smart plan to build you up in a really sustainable way, but it's also a really nice way to create some purpose into your running. I think when you start running, you probably just feel like you have to just go out and run for as far as you can at that time and just do that every day or two. And that's that, but actually 
by having a plan, it gives you some variety and variety for me is key. Like it's so important to um, give yourself different sessions throughout the week. So you might be doing speed sessions on some days. You might be doing longer runs on some days. They might be walk runs on some days. There'll be some easy runs. So being able to have, you know, a different purpose for every run is a really nice way to keep yourself um, involved and engaged and motivated. So by having that plan, I think that will definitely do that for you. We're also creating a FEMI Facebook group. So for anyone that is doing the five and the 10K distances, and maybe this is your first five or 10K race and you just want to be involved in a community, you can join our Facebook group um, and we'll be able to give you guys some advice. We'll be able to give some advice around if you do want to manipulate your training to your cycle and adapt the training plan to your menstrual cycle, all of that information will be in that Facebook group. So get on that and um, we can be in it together and motivate each other each day just to get through the training. Yeah. Amazing. And all of the information for um, the five, the 10, the half, the full, and all of Lydia's um, amazing resources will of course be in the show notes. So don't fret. Well, to finish up, which is sad that that's come out of my mouth already, but one, I would like to know what is one thing you would like people to take away from this chat? Very broad question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think just that running is accessible for everybody. Like running is a gift and we, you know, all have the ability to do it. So we really should just grasp that. And I think although it can be quite intimidating to start running, you won't look back once you get into it. I think you just have to put in the work for the first, I usually say six to eight weeks. And then kind of once you're through that, you're addicted and, and it's such a, amazing tool to build into your life for your mental health and I think if we can focus you know on that rather than you know don't focus on the accolades or the times or the paces or you know these expectations you're putting on yourself just focus on the benefits that it's doing for your mental health that's the easiest way to make running sustainable for you because whether you're having a good day or a bad day you're going to finish a run feeling good about yourself and that's the most important thing. Yeah, totally. And I'm super excited because, yeah, I'm starting my training program as of next Monday. So anyone that follows me will see me struggle because, yes, I used to run quite a lot um, and I haven't been as much. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in everyone, anyone else here who is picking it back up or picking up for the first time. I'm definitely there with you. Um, thank you so much for this chat. This has been so insightful. Um, I've learned so much and I'm sure everyone else has. So yeah, thank you so much for um, giving us your time. And I'm sure if, if you're not already, of course, follow Lydia, use all the resources that we've just mentioned, because yeah, there's a lot of nuggets of wisdom in here and um, yeah, I'm really appreciative of it. So thank you. Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs>